0: Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a smart connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Hello, everybody. It's Thursday night. We're live on the Smart Connector Group. You may be listening on replay on the podcast, but I've got a most fantastic guest for you today, Taz Thornton. Now, Taz is an incredible and very inspirational lady, and you will you will find out more about her if you head on over to YouTube or you go to her channel, which says, uh, which is, uh, is it tazthornton.com? Yeah, absolutely. Website? Yeah. Absolutely okay so taz is a three times tedx speaker she's an award-winning coach and expert on confidence personal brand and visibility she's the creator of unleash your awesome and brand mastery personal and business development programs and as well as unleashed a confidence content and cash flow building program for coaches healers and therapists and Life Force, an online spiritual empowerment and coaching program for people wanting to bring more optimism into their lives. Now, she's been featured in all sorts of really high-profile publications, and in two thousand and nineteen, she was actually named as one of the world's top fifty women in marketing. So that's amazing. And she's also been named uh, in to, again in two thousand and nineteen as one of the most inspirational businesswomen in the UK. So we are truly privileged to have you here with us, Taz. Thank you
1: so much. It still seems strange when I hear all of those accolades. I go, really? Is that talking about me? Really?
0: (laughs) All good. All good branding. So if you're listening and if you're, you're not watching, you won't be able to see, but Taz has got the most amazing pink hair as well, which we were just talking about before we went live. And I was just saying... Um, If you want to stand out and get noticed, pink hair is definitely the way, isn't it, Taz?
1: Well, it's worked for me. It's surprising, (laughs) actually. Every now and then, somebody, usually another coach who hasn't, for whatever reason, got themselves to the same level, will say, well, come off it, Taz. You're you're only getting noticed because you've got pink hair. Right. So nothing to do with my skill set, my qualifications, the transformation it creates for people then. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Off you go. Go
0: and have a cup of tea. (laughs) Okay so Taz I'd love love you to tell our viewers and listeners your story because you do have an incredible story don't you Well How so all, told- you? Oh
1: goodness me it's funny I've just come live from doing a talk for um for for the first event of an uh, an international global LGBTQ empowerment event so I'm fresh from there I've just been telling my story there so I'll try and put it into a nutshell here because we don't have as much time here as I did on that last group. Um, but ultimately, I, I didn't always used to be this buoyant, I guess would be a good word for it. Um, in fact, if we go back to my early 20s when everything was in sepia, um, I, was, I felt <laughs> trapped in a horrendously abusive relationship. Um, and back then, it wasn't the kind of abuse I'd been taught about. You know, when I was growing up as a little girl, I was told that if somebody hits you, you get out. And this kind of relationship that wasn't physical abuse, there was um, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, sexual abuse—the stuff would, 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 that would now be covered under gaslighting.
0: Mm-hmm. But I didn't
1: have any benchmarks for it, and so I didn't feel I could talk to anyone about what was going on. Um, I lost so much of myself. There was, well, the Taz you see today is is nothing like the, the shade of a Taz you saw back then um and ultimately having spent a long time literally praying for a terminal illness which didn't happen I've done a lot of energy work to undo that since believe you me oh wow I came up with this master plan to do suicide by accident because I'm an only child I didn't want to leave an obvious suicide for my for my parents
0: oh
1: yeah so I I hit this master plan to take as many risks as I could every day oh wow Yeah, and if for whatever reason—oh, wait for it! If for whatever reason I ended up having to get back to that doorstep that I didn't want to end up on at the end of the day, I knew somebody wanted me to be here. So, um, it it it, at the time I was in journalism, and I woke up one morning and just decided I needed an excuse to go and drive like a lunatic and try to die again. And I came up with this spurious idea that I'd I'd been covering a town council meeting the night before. Now, anyone here who's ever covered like a local government planning meeting they're not exciting but i convinced myself to fit my story that was a front page lead in reality the most exciting thing on the on the agenda was whether bill and ethel would be allowed to have an erection in their back garden for the uninitiated that's a a shed so off i went in my b reg ford escort and put my foot to the metal and for anyone who's as old as me, you'll remember that cars in the kind of 80s and 90s didn't have the sophisticated braking system that today's cars have. True. Yeah. I came up behind a brown car that wasn't going quickly enough and decided that I'd overtake. And when another car came towards me, I re- realized to my folly I was overtaking on the brow of a Hill. And I genuinely had this moment of this split second moment of bliss. This is it at this speed. I'm going out, not getting out of this one. But then something clicked and and suddenly I realised that it didn't matter how big my death wish was. I couldn't hurt anybody else in the process. So I slammed on the anchors in the B-Reg Ford Escort, lost control, managed to pull behind the the brown car and ended up at the bottom of a very deep ditch with my um, fall being caught by a tree stump. And long story short, I insisted on going into work. Our editor who said, um, you, you've you've had a bit of a shock, Taz. We'll take you to the pub at lunchtime and get you a nice stiff brandy. She was what good old old school editors would have done. <laughs> so at lunchtime, I remember a guy from production coming in and saying, I've got your front page lead. I've just seen this car. Nobody got out of that one. That's a fatal I Was like, That's my car. That's my car. Oh, gosh. So lunchtime, we walked to the pub, about a mile, mile and a half, double brandy, back mile, mile and a half. And it got to about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I thought, oh, that's a bit sore. And long story short, went to hospital, x-rays. Very quickly, I was put onto a flatbed. My head was packed in sandbags and my neck in a brace. And I lay there for nine hours with nobody telling me what was going on. And then I discovered I'd broken my back in three places. And I'd be walking around on it. Yeah. So it sounds so twee, but genuinely in that moment, I went from hopeless to hopeful and I started calling out again to whoever was listening, the people that had not just let me die in the first place. Look, I, reckon, I, I get it. Just just let me walk. Just let mm-hmm. me walk. There are going to be other people in the same situation as me. Just let me walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did. I was lucky. I'd, I'd actually crushed three of the vertebrae. So um, mm-hmm. where they were, didn't need to be in traction. I had a neck brace. I had soft, soft tissue damage to my arm and my leg. I had a stick and a and a sling. Um, And I still didn't leave the the relationship at that point I still put up with it for a while it was I, I left twice before I stayed away and the second time on the advice of a solicitor and police I went into hiding for a while because this guy had an arsenal of weapons some legal some not and some oh. friends in low places
0: how terrifying yeah,
1: it oh. was absolutely I genuinely didn't think I was going to get out of it alive even once I decided that was the irony once I decided that I wanted to live and I left I didn't think I'd get out alive I thought I thought I thought I'd be shot I really did um yeah but to move forward from there um there was one other attempt after that all went I had this moment where I'd moved back in with my parents and you know sometimes if you go into a deep depression sometimes really scary thoughts come in and there's such a moment of clarity and there was one moment where I thought that everybody's problems around me, the common denominator was me. And I got interrupted just before I went over my parents' banister with my childhood karate belt around my neck. So that was oh, the
0: second one. Really? Yeah. And then I, wow. I,
1: I rebuilt from there. And every time I'd hide by going into goal setting. So by my early 30s, I was UK director for what at the time was one of the world's biggest multinational publishing companies. Mm-hmm. And I still wasn't happy. But I was going through, the, a work pal of mine used to say, going through the motions like a rat in the sewers, which think about it, that's horrible. Ugh. But I was <laughs> doing I was doing that. I was literally putting my pinstripe jacket on and hiding behind the makeup, putting the mask in place, getting through to lunchtime, driving somewhere, crying, calling home, talking to my partner and my wife, um, getting through the afternoon, makeup back on, go back to work, get home, drink too much whiskey, go back the next day. And that went on and on and on. Until I hit my eight weeks of hell, which really shook things up for me. So in 2006, my uncle died. My dad died just a couple of weeks later. He'd been in hospital, came out, clean bill of health with a great dad's home, and he died wow. that night. Lots of family debt we hadn't been aware of came to light to the extent where my financial future literally disappeared overnight. Wow. Um, I went back into my goal setting and hiding in work, went to head office in Paris. Just for one night, a couple of nights after my dad had died, um, at which point I was told not to mention my bereavement because it might dampen the spirits in the meeting. So I sat through this meeting grieving, but looking as though I'd been sleeping with a coat hanger in my mouth. Everything was fine. Um, It was October. I was told that they were all talking about their Day of the Dead celebrations and I'm thinking my dad's just died, but I can't mention it. The one night I went away was the one night my parents' outbuildings in the back of the house were broken into. So, hello, guilt. I'll have a bit of that when I get back. And then just after that, my amazing partner was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and then made redundant. And that all happened in eight weeks.
0: Ooh.
1: And, yeah, I I say it kind of very quickly now. But at at the end of that time, when I found myself sitting and rocking and crying underneath my mum's dining room table trying to hide from the world, I recognized that something had to change and it couldn't keep being me. And that's yeah. how fast forward I yeah. came to recognize that one thing that was filling me up was actually helping other people. So I can look back now. hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I can look back now and recognize that I was rattling with antidepressants. so I was clinging on one my fingertips. I can look back and say, yeah, I worked for four years through a breakdown with no real support. Um, yes. But then I dug my way out with a teaspoon and, um, I'd already been working with shamans and medicine people for about 10 years. At that point, I'd trained in neuro-linguistic programming. I trained as an enterprise mentor. Mm. I worked with the same team who trained Tony Robbins to do firewalking and extreme empowerment and some coaching training. i got all that high-level corporate management and conflict management and everything like that as well. So by the time I got out, I had this really robust set of tools to actually follow my soul. That cheesy line coming, warning, that breakdown I genuinely believe was my breakthrough because it allowed mm. me to just let all the crap go that I'd built up over the years and to build myself back up in the shape that I wanted to be. I was allowed to be the – it enabled me to become the me, the, the true me, the, the me I would have become had society not told me who it expected me to be.
0: Mm. And it all that's went from so there. Powerful. So powerful, Taz. I and think that's the quickest nutshell actually. I've ever done on that, Jake. <laughs> It was quite amazing, really. I, 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 that was so. That was an absolute roller coaster in about three minutes. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness! What an incredible story that you you went through so much in mm-hmm. such a short space of time. I'm not surprised you ended up under the table crying. I think anybody would had they been through all of that. Gotta say um, it's a
1: stupid place to hide though under a table with no sides <laughs> in it. It's, it's not the wisest move. Yeah. People it's will see you. It's like uh, my old dog hides when the fireworks go off. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. If I can't see people, they can't see me. Oh yes, they
0: can. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh so so was there a defining moment, Taz, when literally you thought I cannot go any lower now? it's going to be different. And was the, obviously, you talked about that, but was the, should we say the ride back up? Was that a bumpy one with fits and starts? Or did you just kind of go whoosh, right? That's it. I'm not having any more. It's all going to be different from now on. All of the above. Okay. Um,
1: When I first left my corporate job, and you know it was one of those lovely things where on paper it was a nice big wage packet. We got bonus checks. Oh, imagine yeah. that as a self-employed person, bonus checks. I found one of the bonus check payslips in our spare room a while back. Where did that all go to? Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so at fir- when I first leapt out, I worked with, um, with with my my wife Asher, and we rebranded her um, her. She used to have a copywriting company. And we we worked together to rebrand it into Turquoise Tiger, which. Was a full service PR and digital media agency, and we did lots of training with people as well. Because both our backgrounds were in PR and journalism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the idea was that I'd build that up with her and start to build up my my little bit itty bitty coaching business on the side. Yeah, and that when the scales tipped enough, I'd step away and go full time into the coaching. And that happened probably about five years earlier than we thought it it would. Um, but it, it's so easy to recount the story and say, yes, it was all plain sailing once I got out of the abusive relationship and I met the love of my life. Everything was wonderful. And, of course, it, it never it never works that way. And I'm ne- I've am i never been a fan of playing, playing the, the fake book and Instagram game. <laughs> I'd much rather bring a bit of reality. I think it's so easy for people to paint these pictures of perfection on social media and leave the rest of us thinking, well, my life isn't like that, so I must be failing. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. My goodness, there have been times in our life, I remember at one point um, a lot of the biggest clients dropped all at the same time. And we went from, you know, between sort of October and New Year where we should have had several thousand pounds in having something like 500 quid in, which wasn't even going to cover one month's mortgage. Mm. And I remember sitting and, you know, scouring the job adverts thinking should I go and get a Christmas job, all of this stuff, and then realising that if I took the time out to go and do a job, I wouldn't actually have enough time to serve the clients that we did still have and build my practice. So it was a really interesting balance. And we literally got through that time living on on car boot fares. You know, between clients, it was right. What have we got that we can sell? What's in the loft? What's some furniture we haven't used? Let's go into the unwanted presents box that none of us talk about. But we all (laughs) have. And we literally survived on Aldi baked beans and doing car boot fares for a while. So that that was interesting. So I think. So many people, and this is this is so apt to think for, for, for COVID because so many people see their immediate livelihood disappearing. Mm. And it was such an overused word, pivot. Yes. But we don't pivot enough. I think we, we hold on so much to what it is we identify as mm-hmm. that we're not willing or we can't think outside the box enough to think, well, what are the other skill sets? How can I get some extra cash in? Yes. So so that was one thing that we did. Um. There was another pivot. there's a couple of pivotal moments I'll go through, So I think that might be useful for people. Um, one of them came probably five, six years ago, something like that. Now, when we were training people in social media and marketing and PR, we were, we were forever telling people, don't just talk about the brand, tell your story, tell the story behind the brand. People want to know why you're doing it, what's the what, what's the why, who are you? And I didn't realise that I was kind of um, – I, I was I was sitting at the edge of the dance floor, but I wasn't having a boogie in the middle of the room. And <laughs> I, the, love uh, yeah. I love that. I love that way of putting it. The way I realised was I was sitting on Facebook one day, and somebody had put a comment out there, and it was something – one of these things that goes around every now and then. Like you've only got one life. Use every moment. You know, make the most of everything you've got. Live in the now. And I started to write this really long reply because at this point I haven't haven't told anybody about you know the the the, the, the suicidal um, uh, thoughts that I had, the, the 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 suicide attempts. I hadn't told anybody about the breakdown because how could I possibly be advising other people if i have been through depression and breakdown? They wouldn't trust me. Um. And, and I had this moment where I thought, this is going to be such a long reply. It's time you told people. And it was before the days of Facebook Live. I remember those days. Yeah, not yeah. quite CP, but still quite a long time ago. Before the days of Facebook Live. Um, And I sat in my car in a Sainsbury's car park. I think I'd got my gym gear on. My hair was a mess. Nothing hadn't planned what I was going to say. And I flipped the camera around to record. And I just rambled for nearly 10 minutes and i talked about the times where i wanted to check out i talked about being through being having been through abuse i talked about wanting to use some of my past to help other people that because i had been through abuse and i had these coaching skill sets i felt I'd be able to put that to good use and help other people to reclaim them their 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 identity afterwards i talked about everything mm-hmm. and i took a deep breath i thought it's okay it's only going to your friends and it's time you told them anyway and I hit send and then had this moment of, <sighs> but then my phone started to light up like a circus tent. I chucked it onto the passenger seat and thought, what's going on? That's odd. That's odd. And I started to look and I was getting messages again, before the days they filtered messages into other, if you weren't a connection that long ago, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a and I getting. I've got this message from a lady that I'd never met before to say that she'd been suicidal for years. She'd just watched my video and she decided she wanted to live
0: oh really
1: how's she seen that my first thought was how's she seen that what's going on and my phone was actually ping 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 buzz but i'd forgotten to hit friends only and it had gone oh. and i genuinely thought that's it i've just screwed up my career nobody's going to trust me and then another message came out saying this person had just shown the message to their son who would tried to commit suicide several times and he'd said he was going to give life a crack oh
0: wow can't delete yeah. it.
1: and that video that broke all the rules of marketing, nearly nine minutes long, and it rambled and it didn't have a particular point. It went viral, and we stopped counting at 40,000 global views and earned it wow. in Huffington Post, Kindred Spirit magazine, Diva magazine, local newspapers, regional newspapers from where I used to live, where I grew up. It went, Boof.
0: oh, wow. And fifty thousand views.
1: It's still and it's still growing. Every now and then, it gets shared again. And I, every now and then, I'll get a message saying, "Thank you. I've seen that and I've decided I want to live." Oh. Um, so the reason oh, I share yeah. that is I thought I was telling my story before. And when I'm talking to people about personal brand, about visibility, please have the courage to tell your story. It's not about having a giant cathartic splurge to just make you feel better, but it is about using what you've been through and giving an uplift. Because I was talking about how I wanted to use these things and everything I would have missed out on if I'd been successful, you know, how how my suicide attempts were my greatest failures and biggest successes all at the same time. So there's an uplifting message too. It wasn't just a big, oh, it was so terrible. And I think every bit of success, whatever that means to you, I've had today, whether that's, you know, TV appearances, overseas speaking gigs, the book deals, I can trace everything back to that video.
0: Amazing. So,
1: what a yeah, story. That was a massive pivotal moment because it showed me the power of vulnerability is a superpower if you use yeah. it wisely. And yeah. so many of us are afraid of it. Yeah. So without a doubt, that was one. Yes. But the pivotal moment after that was when um, Asha, my wife, a few years back, had um, a relapse with her MS and got to the point where she couldn't walk. Um, she was also dealing with fallout from issues with her family, where they haven't, ac- haven't accepted us. She was going through her own long, her own uh, long dark tea towel of the soul, shall we say. Oh. Um, we decided that she needed to rework her business and move away from PR into more of a content coaching model. So we sacked off the two biggest paying clients, and suddenly, then I was in this. Oh my God! You've got to work, you got what? What you talk now, Taz? So in the safety zone of thinking, it's fine. Tiger's paying all our bills. I can just gradually build this coaching practice. Everything's lovely. You know, the the self-employed equivalent of a lady who lunches. (laughs) I've got to build my brand very, very quickly and get serious about this now. Yes. I literally doubled down on everything. And I think that's such an important message for people that sometimes, and, and actually COVID has been a big teacher for this for a lot of people, we need to raise our levels of necessity. When we raise our levels of necessity, then we can pull some massive rabbits out of the hat. And you know, suddenly I, you know, I doubled down, quadrupled down on the the effort I was putting on. I was I was putting into social media. Started blogging more. Started doing video more. Started appearing on social media more. And very quickly, I went to bimbling along to some decent level of regular coaching clients.
0: Amazing. So you
1: can do it. We can do it, but we need to be absolutely laser-focused. We need to believe in ourselves. We need to raise our levels of necessity, show who we are, be prepared to be vulnerable, and people will not – nobody dismissed me and said they didn't want to work with the nutter who wanted to kill herself. They just went, that's really relatable. You'll understand where I am. I think you can help.
0: Oh, wow, that's just an incredible story, and I've got to say, even just talking to you, Taz, I'm getting so inspired. I haven't even seen that, that particular video but all the comments are coming through as well. The words, "world is a better place with you" says Pix. She's. Actually, I interviewed her, and she has a story as well. She calls herself the Courage Printer. So I know she's in Australia. She's in Sydney, so she's listening nice. in. But she, everything you're saying is resonating with her. Wow, incredible story! The world needs authenticity now more than ever. We need to have those tough conversations. Thanks for being transparent um yeah so some great comments coming through and lots of appreciation already great um so that's a very very powerful message that you just shared uh taz because because when times get tough and they say when, when the going gets tough the tough get going right um but you you have obviously done that and you've really, really bounced back so much from those days. So where are you right now? How would you say, how, how is your life different today than it was in those dark times? I'm me, absolutely me.
1: Um, what you see is what you get. Um, so that talk I was just in, there was somebody uh, watching the talk who also comes to some of my spiritual groups. I, I do a lot mm-hmm. with meditation and some of the shamanic and medicine teachings too and said that um, it was lovely to see me in a different setting, the same Taz but slightly different energy and and as I said then it's still always going to be me except if I'm doing speaking I turn the volume up a bit louder. That's all it is. Um, The Taz you get now is the same Taz you'll get sitting in front of, you know, binge watching The Crown. It's just definitely what you see is what you get and I think there's some, can I use a mild swear word Jane, am I allowed? Yeah, oh yeah. There's so much bullshit in the world there is there is too much plastic in the oceans without us adding to it so all these people who start behaving as they think a speaker should behave and speaking as they think a speaker should talk <laughs> oh you know and and coaches who do nothing but churn out other people's wisdoms and constantly share memes with tony robbins quotes or oprah winfrey quotes or so they say i want to be the next gary vee or i want to be the next oprah winfrey or, i want to be the next Brene Bre-. No. Be you. <laughs> be, like, get, build yourself to the point where Brené and Oprah and Tony are saying, I want to be the next that person.
0: Oh, Everybody else is, is taken. Impressive.
1: Build you. We. This is where my Unleash Your Awesome hashtag comes from. I believe we all have this untapped pot of potential, this mm. awesome, amazing well of power, awesomeness, you know, that powerful, filled with power rather than being powerful. We've all got that but we need to start tapping into it. And for me, there's at the center of everything I do is gratitude. So we talk about a positive mental attitude a lot. I'm going to flash yeah. my boobs <laughs> at the camera. Positive mental gratitude <laughs> for me. Gratitude, Be it fine. instead of saying, why did life do this to me? Go, Oh, that's interesting. Why did life do this for me? I, I am genuinely grateful for everything in my life, even the broken back, the abuse, everything, the the, the struggling to come out because my family didn't want to accept me as gay. All of those awful, awful times I went through, you know, even stuff I haven't touched on, like when I was when I was trying to come to terms with perhaps maybe I liked girls when I was in my teens, the, the self-harm and mm. crazy things. I went, I'm grateful for every bit because I can learn something from everything I went through. If I hadn't been through the abuse, I wouldn't be able to, Relate. Uh, people wouldn't be, be able to relate to me in the same way when they've been through something difficult. If I had not been through the breakdown, the suicide attempts, other people who are in dark times wouldn't be able, wouldn't believe me. You know. So, someone once said they've never met a good, good coach who's had an easy life, and I don't want to go into judgment here, but I can, I can kind of see where they're coming from because if we're willing to look at everything as a gift, to look at what it teaches us and how we can use that to help, inspire, motivate others. Then we're onto something really, really magical. And we could all do with more of that, I think. Stop polishing everything and putting a mask on and just show the world who you are. And sometimes that means you'll be able to say, I'm having a really shit day today. But you know what? I've got the tools and I know I'll pull myself out of it. So I'm telling you I'm having a shit day today because if you're having a shit day, I want you to know it's okay. Because we don't have to stay there.
0: Amazing, and you're you're kind of like the sort of uh, anti Instagram influencer, really, aren't you? <laughs> way, you're, you're the anti influencer because because uh, as you said, there are so many. I mean, I see my daughters watching Instagram, and of course, there's a lot of um, young girls that are. Uh, portraying this what they think to be this dream life and and the whole Love Island thing and my daughter was watching it earlier on tonight all about perfect bodies and perfect dreams of perfect weddings and perfect relationships and it's all that the pressure for perfection is huge absolutely Uh, Oh, my God. And I really feel for young people, particularly young girls, Yeah. because when I was my my youngest daughter's age, I was bumbling around in dungarees with no makeup. And I really didn't care that much because I knew I was young and attractive and it didn't really matter. But today, just the pressure that they all feel.
1: And the filters. What happens when you actually go into the real world without a filter? Mm. What happens when you know you go on that first date and they've only ever seen you filter, and then they don't recognise you when you turn up? You know, the, the you know the oh, quickest no. way to get a bikini body buy a bikini and put your body in it. That's how you get a bikini body, <laughs> Just, <laughs> and nobody's going to give a shit because they're all too worried
0: looking at, at, about how they look. You know. Ah. <laughs> Well, oh my goodness, I've got so many comments coming through. <laughs> well, that's good. This is really, it's been an inspiring talk. I can tell you, it's captured everybody's imagination. It really has. So, we've got Richard Fay saying, Absolutely agree. Gratitude. My 10 years being a carer taught me so much about myself. Jem is saying, Mask off. You know, she's definitely 100%. Yep. Great interview. Okay, it's lots and lots of comments coming through. So, um, so much pressure on both girls and boys and of course as an entrepreneur and this is an entrepreneurial podcast so most of my listeners and and viewers are entrepreneurs we also feel incredible pressure I think don't don't you see that Taz
1: totally I think I think there's there's an awful lot of pressure even around the word entrepreneur I think so many people describe themselves as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and actually they're a small business owner it's a different thing in a different mindset and if we don't get clarity about the difference between an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and someone who runs their own business we are forever going to be feeling pressure to become an entrepreneur there's nothing wrong with just being a a small business owner i don't mean somebody like really small who runs a business but you know but you know there's they're different things so an entrepreneur isn't just someone who runs a business an entrepreneur is somebody with ideas all over the place and fingers in lots of different pies and investments everywhere and that might not be you. You mm-hmm. know, I feel a bit stuck on the fence with that. When I used to call myself an entrepreneur, now I call, call myself Taz, not least because it's easier to say, but some people still refer to me as an entrepreneur. And I think very quickly, this is another area where people trip themselves up when they they hear about having multiple streams of income.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it is very wise to have multiple streams of income. I have multiple streams of income, but they all come back into the umbrella business. They're all connected. So, you know, I'll have, Streams of income from one to one coaching, from group coaching, from some of the Facebook-based really cheapest chips coaching options. I have. I've got a stream of income from my books, from my spiritual teachings, from my retreats, from my speaker training, from my speaker gigs. They're all different um, strands of income, but they're all connected to my business. I think where a lot of people trip themselves up now mm-hmm. is going well. Well, I'll run my business. I'll do a bit of coaching. I run my business, and then I'll. I'll, I'll do some network marketing as well. I'll sell some unique and I'll do a thermo mix and maybe I'll do some forever living. And this is not to knock network marketing. I've got lots of clients who do network marketing. I've spoken yeah. for the big network marketers, but please, if you're trying to go for, go for that point where you have stream, multiple streams of income, try and try and create streams where there's a connection rather than splitting yourself, fracturing yourself into so many different pieces that your credibility and your brand disappears because you look like a jack of all trades and a master of none. So if you want to go for that entrepreneurial spirit, yes, go for multiple streams of income. But think, how can I make sure they're all connected through to my core skill set so I can keep building my personal brand and showing people who I am without being too sporadic?
0: I think that's excellent advice, Taz, because as you pointed out, what tends to happen if people are running unrelated businesses is they go very shallow. Because yeah. they simply haven't got the time. Particularly if you're starting a business, if you're starting two businesses at once, yeah. then you really are dramatically reducing your chances of success. It's going to totally. take a lot longer, and you're going to be in the foothills for a lot longer. Absolutely. So it's way really better to really go go deep on one business, absolutely, one business and
1: find different yeah. ways to create different income strands from that business. The other thing as well, and this 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 might be a really unpopular opinion. But you've got to think about credibility. I'm I'm I so try to live without judgment. In fact, I I'll try to recognise the difference between judgment and discernment. So judgment, you're a wanker. Discernment. I'm not sure I agree <laughs> with everything you stand for, but let me let me find out more about it. Discernment. When we say don't judge a book, <laughs> when we say never judge a book by its cover, when we walk into a bookshop and you pick up a book and you might look at the cover and look at what it says on the back, if you decide it's not for you. That's not a negative. You're just discerning that it's not your flavor. So, first, when we're worried about being judged, we need to recognize the difference between judgment and discernment. But when it comes to people having all these side hustles, particularly when it's a network marketing side hustle, I do find myself sometimes going into judgment. If somebody is, for instance, putting themselves out there as, let's stick with coaching because it's my arena and I know a lot of people do it, as a top level coach and they're really good, but then three LinkedIn posts later, they're selling unique. I'm afraid I'm going to go. Why well, your coaching business can't be that successful if you're trying to sell mascaras on the side? Or why aren't you putting all your attention here? If you know, someone once said, if you if you have a, a plan B, you don't don't believe in your plan A enough, and I agree with that up to a point. Uh-huh. But for me, yeah. it would be let's make that plan A wider
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of trying to diversify away from your core message.
0: Yes, and and I think I also come from a brand marketing background, Taz, so I worked for 20 years in advertising agencies and media companies in London. So what I'm seeing is also some brand thinking coming through because Um, obviously that's your background as well. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're right. We all have a personal brand. And I know that this is one of your big things is, is personal branding. And the message that we send out to your, to the world, um, is, is very important. And, um, James Burt, who I interviewed last week, we were having a chat about brand as well. And he said, well, brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room which I thought was an interesting, you know, the oldest sayings about personal brand in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so as you said, if you're sending out lots and lots of different messages to the world, then people are going to be perhaps confused. And even if you feel okay about it, it is very important, isn't it, to in order to get some traction on your business to be consistent. Absolutely.
1: Consistency is absolutely key, particularly yeah. when it comes to showing up as well, showing up regularly. I mean, things mm-hmm. like LinkedIn, you and I met through LinkedIn. We did. It's such a powerful platform. Yeah. But you can't just show up once a month, wave and disappear again and expect the business to drop into your lap. It's not about broadcasting. It's a networking platform. You know, yeah. there's no point just trying to be so interesting. You've got to be mm-hmm. interested in other people. As yes. much as you're putting stuff out there, you've got to be engaging on all those comments and finding other people and going and supporting them and not just cold pitching people on in mail, but actually getting to know people. That's what it's about. It's networking. And if your networking isn't if your networking's not working, you're not doing it right
0: yes indeed so so Taz you are fantastic on LinkedIn I I know because obviously we are connected I've seen your posts in fact I I know that um Pam said that you you'd even done some LinkedIn training which I wouldn't be surprised about because they're really good so what would be your top two or three tips would you say for for people who want to get, get some traction on LinkedIn
1: on LinkedIn um Stop trying to sell. Now, this might sound counterproductive because I have no problem with selling whatsoever. But when you're putting content out online and actually this works for all channels, not just LinkedIn, you need to approach it with an attitude of not what can I sell today? But how can I serve today? Mm -hmm. Um, When coronavirus first hit and like most people here, I had a panic when a couple of clients knee jerk cancelled at the beginning you know, they all came back within within about a month, apart from one that I wouldn't let back in. because She'd broken a contract twice, so no, not again, thank you. <coughs> um, but instead of going into, oh, God, what can I sell? What can I sell? How can I force my shit on people? I got a great big piece of paper out and got my Sharpies out because who doesn't love Sharpies? That was my market. <laughs> when I hit a certain level of success, I'll stop buying, you know, um, I'll stop buying cheap varieties and actually buy Sharpies. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow Sharpie success. Great to have. Yeah, absolutely. And I just started writing things down on there. What's going on at the moment? What are the blocks for people? What's what's actually happening? What is it that's waking people up at four o'clock in the morning? And then what's my skill set? And how can I help those people?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one of the first things that I did And I'm not normally a fan of doing free stuff, particularly free webinars. In fact, never ever call a webinar a webinar, because that just sounds like you're going to get bombarded with crap emails. (laughs) Call it an online training, call it an online mastermind. Don't ever call it a webinar unless you just want to turn people off. And I put on this free event. And first I opened it up for 25 people and then they all went. And it was how to lead through the pandemic and stay visible. And we closed it out at something like 136 Wow. At which point I had a minor panic because my Zoom only takes up to 100. So I was banking on someone in to watch the replay. So it was all okay. And I promised that through this I would not sell. It would just be a couple of hours of plugging a USB cable into my head, if you like, and just downloading everything I knew to help. Just give, 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 give. And at the end of that call, a couple of people stayed on and essentially said, please take my money. Mm. And so that works. And instead of another mistake I think people made early on in in coronavirus was saying, pay me whatever you can afford. If you tell people to pay you whatever they can afford, I promise you, you will not get people paying you what they can afford. You'll get people trying to get blood out of a stone and lots of stuff for nothing. So instead, I opened up a program where I said, "Come come and make me an offer and negotiate with me and we'll find a way to make it work. And I did things like that. I was more flexible. I was saying we could do partially deferred payments. You can do installments. Instead of the minimum of six sessions, you could have a minimum of three. And we work things out that way. So serve first. I got clients out of that. And you need to do that with your LinkedIn posts. Instead of how can I sell to people, what do I know? What could I share that will help other people? And at the same time, that will be building up your levels of credibility. So show up regularly, have an attitude of serving. If you serve all the time, when you do have a sales post, and you can then be blatant, so long as there's more um, serve than sell, you've got to make sure you've got enough coins in your trust bank. So every time you're giving something and asking for anything in return, you're putting a coin into your trust bank. Every time you want something from someone else, even if it's an email address, you're taking a coin out. You've got to make sure your coin trust bank is full and overflowing, don't deplete it. If, you're, if that's full, When you then do a blatant sales post, so I've got a program coming up, for instance, and I put a post about it, people will know that it's real. If I say I've only got three places left, I've built up enough trust for people to know she's really only got three places left. She's not trying to do that create create lack bullshit. uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: scarcity. scarcity.
1: That's it. So so show up, serve. Show up at least three times a week. I try and show up every day. Every now and then I have a day off. But show up regularly. Don't just post and run. Make sure that you reply to every comment. And somebody once said that the algorithm only notices five words or more on comments. I don't know if that's true or not, but it doesn't hurt to switch thanks into thank you very much, Jane. You know, Um, if you reply to every comment... LinkedIn's algorithm thus far doesn't seem to be able to recognize the difference between a comment and a reply to a comment. So if you reply to every comment in a timely fashion, given that you've got a 60 minute window of opportunity for it to measure how successful you are. And then if you get enough engagement in that first hour, it will go on to the next 24 hours. So if you reply to every comment in a timely fashion straight away, as far as the algorithm is concerned, you are doubly as popular. So do that um so what's that how many how many tips is that show up show up regularly reply to every comment and think about who you would like to be doing business with Mm -hmm. think about that one of my best speaking gigs well one of the ones i'm i'm most proud of mean it's because of the way it came about you know i've talked all over the world but one of my favorite ones was in scotland and it's because every now and then i give myself a little audit I'll say, OK, Taz, let's have a think. What is it you need to be talking about strategically more right now? Mm-hmm. And I had one of these audits with myself. and like, well, I've got plenty of coaching clients coming in. I've got a waiting list for that. That's good. My events are filling. I haven't talked about speaking for a while. And obviously, this was before lockdown. I haven't talked about speaking gigs for a while. OK, so who do you want to speak for? Banks and building societies question yourself why why does why banks and building societies because I know a lot of people who work for banks and building societies get stuck in the system they start to feel institutionalized they lose some of their inspiration they start mm-hmm. to become a bit dull start to be, feel a bit disenfranchised with life so mm-hmm. I think I could help inspire them a bit okay whoops which banks which building societies and I had a think, and I just picked the first three that popped into my head and I went Santander Net West Royal Bank of Scotland doesn't matter which the three were. And so then I made sure that I spent a couple of days making sure that the content I was sharing on LinkedIn was stuff to do with my speaking testimonials, show reels, inspirational content, stuff that tied in with my message and what I do. And then I went into the search on LinkedIn and I spent a good hour on each one searching each one of those three. Just pick three so that you can measure. Mm -hmm. I searched for employees at those three banks and building societies and I found the ones that were second or third connections who seemed to be decision makers and I pinged them a little message and I told a little fib, Jane.
0: You know, I'm all about
1: proof, but I did tell a little fib. For the second connections, I said, you keep popping up on my LinkedIn suggested connections and I'm a big believer in connectivity, law of attraction, manifestation, fate, whatever your favorite (laughs) word is. So I wondered if you might like to connect. And I just did that, an hour on on each one, just sending connections and a message. And with literally within 24 hours of doing that, I'd had a a, a call through from Bank of Scotland saying, somebody's passed us some of your content on LinkedIn. We've never invited in an external speaker for these events before, but I wondered if you'd be be interested in coming and doing some work for us. Wow. And I've been back twice now. That's amazing. So you really can use LinkedIn in a really powerful way if you're willing to invest the time and to build up enough of enough of your brand and your personal brand, not just your business brand, your personal brand. So who you are, what your beliefs are, your values. And that's another yeah. really important thing for those of you who want to write books and stuff like that. Mine aren't self-published because I used to be a journalist and I've got this thing about getting a publisher to take a chance on me. I would have earned more if I'd self-published them, to be fair. But. <laughs> and b- b- both of my publishers, Alicia's with a US publisher, Whispers from the Earth is a UK publisher, but both of them, before they take a chance on a hitherto unknown author, wanted to look at my social following and check that they'd got a chance of selling books. Mm-hmm. So if you want people to take a chance on you, whether you want to go and publish your book or whether you want to get the speaking gigs or whether you just want to get clients, Please do take the time in building your social following, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, all of them, because yeah. that, that is third party credibility and endorsement. And you can do that with nothing other than your time. And right now, mm-hmm. I haven't got a lot of time, but I know a lot of people do seem to have time on their plates. So use it
0: wisely. Cement your future with it those are some some great tips and again very very inspiring Taz because I think a lot of people feel underconfident, particularly when it comes to LinkedIn I know that I probably did when I first started using it mm. and I've gained confidence over the years but I think what happens is uh, people forget that it's like any networking, really, isn't it? And if we, if you, if you're at a face-to-face networking event and you walk straight up to somebody and you said, um, "I've got a great product. I think you'd like it. And would you like to buy it?" They're going to think you're you're the kind of person that they want to avoid. Whereas if you go up to somebody and you start a conversation and you talk about, you you crack a joke or you talk about something that you've noticed that is nothing to do with the with the work or the business. They're going to warm towards you, aren't they? Even really... if you have
1: to resort to the
0: weather. Just do
1: something. <laughs> and I am naturally, you may not believe this, but I'm naturally an introvert. If you put me somewhere where <laughs> I really am, I had to learn to appear to be more extroverted. So if you put me on a stage with thousands in the audience, I'm fine. I have a reason to be there. I have a purpose. But if you drop me into the free networking bit... oh. <gasps> I will be the one up a corner pretending to check an email. <laughs> I hate it, hate it, hate it. I'm no good at small talk. I can go really deep with people really quickly. I'm crap at small talk. So joking aside, even if you have to resort to the weather or just say, I'm really not comfortable with this bit. I never know what to say. What about you? Just do something to break the ice. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, I'm the one who, if we have to go to a pub, par- have to go to a party, listen to that. I'm the one who's hiding in the kitchen. Trying to think can we go? It's nine o'clock. Can we go now? Just, <laughs> but if I've got a reason oh. to be there, I will flourish. So I get it. So many people just assume I'll be this amazing networker and chat to everyone. No, I don't want to I want to be in my own little space until I've got a purpose. And then that's fine. Give me a purpose on it. Free, oh.
0: free networking small talk. Forget it. Amazing. Amazing. Well, well, listen, Taz, we've we've talked for about 50 minutes, so that's about as long as the podcast episode lasts, but I just wanted to say thank you so much. Honestly, I could talk to you for another hour, <laughs> um, but I guess we'd be better let everybody get, get on with their evening. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And I know it's been a it's been a long day for you, and you've done a lot of talking today. So I really appreciate you making time to come on the show and just to share your incredible story and and wisdom. And it's been great. Thank you very, very much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for
1: inviting me. And to everybody watching, whether you're watching it live or on the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can find me all over social. If you've got any questions, just drop me. Like I might not come back straight away. But I will always come back, and I always do read all of the messages, I promise. So, Jane, thank you so much.
0: Taz Thornton, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, the website, tazthornton.com, right? And YouTube, of course, as well. And YouTube. Everywhere but
1: Snapchat. You'll find me on Snapchat, but I won't reply on that because I'm not 12 and I don't understand it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Okay, well, great to speak to you, Taz, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.